0: Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good morning, Church. Good to see you this morning. Good to have everybody in the auditorium this morning. Tell somebody, thank you for sitting next to me. And if you need some gum, ask them for it. Just say, hey, can I have a piece of gum? I don't want to offend anybody this morning. Hey, we're glad you're here. It's good to be in the house. Hey, I going to tell you some cool things uh, that happened uh, with the Ministry of Warehouse Church this week. Yesterday, yesterday was a busy, busy day. We have a church that meets here on Saturdays. Uh, it's a Church of God based out of Cincinnati, and they broadcast everywhere, and they meet here Saturdays from 11 to 4, and it's been a blessing to have be a part of their ministry and them a part of our ministry, but before that happened, we had a funeral service that took place from 9.30 to 11, and we were kind of crossing streams together and uh, had everybody in here and then got them all out and moved them down here to have food, but I want to thank everybody. We had about 20 people from our church family yesterday that came out from... From Janet and Mark Carr's life group that were not only attended, but a lot of people helped. And I want to thank you for that. Five people invited Christ into their hearts during the service yesterday. It was awesome. And it was just, we just felt so much support yesterday because we really, it was a quick turnaround. A very, very quick turnaround yesterday. And they, we were kind of running around like chickens with our heads cut off yesterday in the building, but it was such a neat thing. Right now, as we're meeting right across the hall in our smaller chapel, We have a Chinese service that meets. And then tonight, uh, from 4 to about 8 o'clock, we have a Brazilian service that meets. So this building is used a lot during the week. On Monday nights, we have an AA meeting that anybody is welcome to come attend. That happens on Monday nights. And then on Wednesday nights, we have youth group. And Tuesday and Thursday, we have life groups. There's all kind of things happening all during the week. And lest we forget, Monday through Friday during the day... We have the best daycare in Plano, uh, Treehouse Daycare, uh, Treehouse Preschool, excuse me. And we're really proud of our girls and the families that we're able to reach through that. And just want to thank you. It is such a blessing to be a part of this church. On behalf of the Stewart family, thank you for praying for Mary Ann. She's recovering. She had a couple tough days after her surgery on Thursday, but her husband sent me a text this morning uh, as I've been going in there, they've been giving her fruit for lunch, and she hasn't been eating it, so I kind of get there right in time, and I've been eating her lunch, and uh, Dan sent me a text this morning and said, Mary Ann's eating her food today, bring your own, so, um, but we want to continue to pray for her, not really sure how long she's going to be in the hospital, but uh, she really appreciates, the surgery went, went very successful, and let's just be praying for her as she starts to recover, so, Hey, I want to invite your attention to Romans chapter 5. We're going to be bouncing around a little bit today with some individual verses uh, that I want to talk to you today about the subject matter called the sin dilemma. We're going through the series called Rooted, and that's for us to really establish our roots strong in our Christian faith so that we have an understanding of what we believe, right? It's one thing to say, hey, I go to church. It's another thing to say you're a Christian. It's another thing to know why that you're a believer. Why, why do you say that you're a Christian? Why do you say that you're a believer? What is it that makes you believe and understand that Jesus Christ came to this world and died so that we can have our sins forgiven? And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. And then he rose again from the grave three days later. Forty days later, he went back up into heaven and said, Hey, I'm going to come back again soon. Go tell everybody that you know about me so that they can have a relationship with me as well. And it helps us understand this. And it's what I want to talk to you today and help us understand is this understanding of this kind of christian sounding word called sin. Remember when you were in school, as you're in school, and you get in trouble with the principal? Anybody else frequent flyer miles in the principal's office like I was, okay? The secretary at the principal's office loved me, and she, I'd come in there, and she'd say, Oh, Eddie, what did you do now? And I said, I know, I know. I did this, or I did this. And she said, Boy, Mr. D's in a bad mood today. You're going to get a good one today. Because back when I went to school, we got whoopings. Got big old whoopings, and I just had such a big target, they loved when I was coming in, but I remember getting in trouble, even when I would get in trouble with my parents, you know, I had a very healthy fear of my dad, my dad's a much larger man than me, but he's only, he's only jacked me up like two or three times, probably deserved about a hundred more times than that, my mom was the one, right, that we lived in fear of, she was the one that uh, executed corporal punishment under the seat of knowledge in my life, and uh, but I can't ever remember saying, them, you know, when everybody was talking to me about what I did wrong and them explaining it to me and different people in my life, I don't remember ever anybody saying to me, now you do understand that was a sin, right? Like that's not really a word that you use when you talk about doing good and bad. It's something we hear in church, right? I mean, the word sin, you know, uh, wherefore, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12, therefore, just as sin. Entered the world because of one man, and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all have sinned. The Bible says in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Now, I hope that you will in your lifetime, or have in your lifetime, have had the opportunity to share with somebody the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And a great way that we share the gospel with people is taking them down, this witnessing kind of outline through the new testament called the romans road and i just read two of the verses to you today and i've read those verses to many people that i've talked to about jesus and i've shared this verse specifically for all have sinned and fallen short of god's glory now to understand it it means god's glory is up here we can't attain that because what we have sinned where did that sin come from it came from adam he committed a sin and we receive, as, our, as the father of all living human beings, we receive his nature. Just like you receive different things from your mom and dad. Maybe you look like your mom and dad. Maybe you talk like your parents. Maybe you have a different attribute that your parents have. You received some of their nature, right? Some of their good things and some of their challenging things. And because Adam sinned, we receive that sin nature through our bloodline going all the way back to him. But why is it such a big deal, right? Like, I'll be honest with you, from a human standpoint, when I read in the Bible, and you've seen the pictures of Adam and Eve in the garden with leaves strategically placed, so you can't see them because they were, they were naked at the time, loving life. And um, when, when they sinned, you, you, the picture of the sin, you see the snake in a tree, and you see him holding what looks like an apple. And it kind of, humanly speaking, right, for such a weighted thing to happen to them, from just eating a fruit, right? From a human standpoint, is it really that big of a deal? Right? I mean, is, and, and here's, here, and, I'll, and I'll compare that to our lives today, right? When we think about things that we do wrong, or this subject matter called sin, what I'm really good at, what you're really good at, is when we're faced with our sin, we realize we did something wrong, and the Holy Spirit's speaking our, if you know Jesus Christ as your savior, the Holy Spirit's gonna convict you of that sin, not so you feel guilty all the time, so that you will confess that sin. Because when you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Right? But when we sin, one of, there's a lot of different emotions and different feelings that we express when we sin. One of the things, I had a conversation with somebody about it this week, who had a little thing, right, on the sin scale. It was a minor thing. And the very first thing that was out of this person's mouth was, yeah, but you ought to meet my brother. Woo, man. They are jacked up. You should see all the stuff that he did. I know I did this thing, and I need to make it right with God. And, and, and we kind of think when we have a little tiny sin, with a prayer of confession, it's almost like God's up there going, dude, don't worry about it. There's so much other things going on in the world today. Why are you worried about that? And I, th- I think we feel that way sometimes. Why would God want to bother with these little, with the, I lied. My wife asked me if I liked her dress, and I said yes, and I didn't like it. That's a lie, right? And I lied. So, okay, God, I'm sorry I sinned. Now you're not going to hell because you asked for forgiveness of that egregious sin. Now, we kind of look at that and go, eh, right? We look at the things that we do every single day, and I would say probably all of us in one way or another have a sin struggle in our life every single day. Now, you know, when we think about murder, and we think about cruelty, and we think about... Things that really hurt other people's lives. Those are really egregious sins that we get offended and upset by. And and when you think of the word sin, most of the time when we think about sin that's impacted our life, we don't think about our own sin. We think about the sins that others have committed that have hurt us. Let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you have ever been hurt because of somebody else's sin? I sure have. I could tell you some stuff, you could tell me some stuff, and, and we could maybe relate to some of those issues, and, and, and have a little cry together, and pray for one another over those things. You know, there's some things in my life I don't like to talk about that happen, that, that, that have hurt me. And even when my kids have found out about it, as they're becoming adults, they get mad hearing about it, and I get mad all over again, I have to ask God to forgive me for being mad at that person that hurt me 50 years ago, and I'm like, wait a minute, they're the ones that messed up. That's not my problem, Right? But then I'm, when I'm reminded of my sin, a thought life thing, or getting mad when I'm driving in Dallas, everybody that does that, say amen. amen. Come on. You know, well, and those kind of things, that's not... Yeah. I cussed. I, mean, it was, I hurt my toe. Is that a big deal that I cussed? Or I did this and I said that. Or I felt this way. Or I got mad at this person. And what we do is we're like, well, that's just normal life. I'm, it's not a big deal. And then you look at the sin from Adam... It's not just about taking a bite of a piece of fruit. It's about allowing Satan to influence him to doubt God's word. It's about allowing Satan to talk him into believing that if I do this, I'm going to be as good or better than the one that created me. And what Adam was doing was, he was putting himself before his relationship with God. And here's what happens with sin. Sin is, by by its very, very um, core uh, thing that it is, it's us choosing ourselves over what God wants. Because sin is really selfishness, isn't it? We don't go and do things that hurt ourselves intentionally. And I know that there are people that struggle with those kind. I'm talking about like intentionally going out and doing something to absolutely destroy your life. You know, when I was a student pastor, every year we would talk about, um, we would talk about, I, I, I told you a couple of weeks ago, and had a couple of people challenged me on it this week, that I grew up in a, uh, taliban christian school when i was a kid right super duper strict right we had a big revival every year where we would they would encourage us to bring our rock and roll albums you know so that they could burn them right in the middle of the parking lot and that was a big deal i got in trouble one year for pulling them out so that they wouldn't get burned because i didn't want to buy pay full price for some of those things but i also remember every year they would bring somebody in to talk about sexual purity and that's it was interesting to me because i grew up my whole life believing sex was bad have sex sex is bad sex is bad sex is bad sex is bad bad. and then then i get married and got we're getting premarital counseling and i hear hear this pastor talk to me about sex is a beautiful thing that god created for you and your wife to enjoy and i'm scratching my head going wait a minute i've been told my whole life that sex is bad why is it good now well and you know and then they would explain that to me and i would explain that to my teenagers when i was a student pastor and i always had this little dilemma inside of me because i always wanted them to understand it's not bad but right God has rules, and it's not about the sex, okay? Well, we're done talking about sex. All you parents, just relax, all right? It's not just about that. It's about this is something that God has designed and created for us, and he wants to do it, it under his umbrella of protection by obeying him. And when we don't obey God, because here's the thing, that physical act, do people go out and do that? Oh, i It's such an awful thing. I know, I know, I know. No, sex is unbelievably awesome. And can I get an amen to that, married people? Right? It is. It's amazing. It's something God gave us. And I thank God for that. Whew. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm glad my wife's not in here right now. But I'm serious. It's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. But it's been made so bad. Why? Because Satan has done what? He has caused us to believe that God is like out of touch sex is a wonderful thing god said it is a wonderful thing i created it when you when you are in that realm and you and you and you have that physical relationship in accordance to the word of god you are under god's umbrella of protection right when people go out and you know they get drinking or get why why do people get drunk sometimes right or drink a little bit too much well there are people that drink and can't drink at all because they they, they are apt to being a little bit more addicted to it than other people are but why do we drink sometimes right well it's been a bad day all of us can use a little bit of calming down at the end of the day a little bit right and it's and and, and what we do we do that and and we tell people that they shouldn't perhaps do some things the bible says don't drink so that you're going to lose influence from the holy spirit in your life be not drunk with wine only be filled with the holy spirit and so so we get in that gray area so drink it's bad no that's not what the bible says and then, then then it's about eating right there's another way we anesthetize ourselves we have to eat, right? You have to eat to put fuel inside of your body. But sometimes we don't want to just eat, you know, kale and, and uh, grilled chicken breasted salmon. Sometimes we want a pizza with seven toppings on it. Can I get an amen to that? Right? And why do we do that? Because it makes us feel good. And we do things that make us feel good, not understanding that there are, there are going to be things in our life that will take place because of the things that we do, whether they're good or bad. So what's this idea about sin? Why is it such a dilemma? Well, I want to ask you to consider some questions. This, consider this question this morning. Why is our sin such a big deal? Now, I'm going to tell you this morning sitting in church, watching online. I would say there's probably a very high level of morality that's represented in this room this morning. You're in church, you're trying to do the right thing. You you've, you've tried this week, right? A lot of people have Like Johnny was talking about earlier, I want to thank everybody for their generosity. We couldn't have done yesterday's funeral service without you guys helping us keep the lights on and keep things going and doing the things that we do in our church. We couldn't do a lot of things that we do uh, in our church every single week with our students, with our kids, with our daycare, with all the things that take place without your generosity, right? And I I know that generosity is a big, big deal because I know a lot of people not only are generous, but they sacrifice on top of that. And and God God will honor you for that, right? So when we look at all the good stuff we do, and then we categorize our life. Man, I got this going good. I'm a pretty good dad. I'm a good husband. I cut my grass. My house looks clean. My car's kind of taken care of. I I come across as very, very... and And we like to make this big, big stack of all the things that we think are really, really good that everybody's looking at. And then we got that little closet in the corner of the house with our little bad stuff, you know, our little secrets. Yeah, sometimes, and once in a while, we got we, man, we want to cover that up, and, and, and we want to, I said this yesterday, uh, I said this to one of my son-in-laws, uh, we were covering something up, I said, yeah, we got to Watergate that thing, and they're like, what does that mean, right? <laughs> some of you old people know what it is, some of you guys are going, what does Watergate mean? Isn't that a hotel in Washington, D.C.? It is, but we'll do a history lesson another day. But we do really, really good right at spotlighting all the great stuff and hiding and covering up all the bad stuff but sin is a really big deal and here's why sin is such a big deal here's the first thing I want you to consider this morning number one God created man in his image just like him without sin when God formed man out of the dust of the ground the Bible says that God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. He was created in God's likeness. Now we like to think that if Adam was created in God's likeness, then God was probably uh, six foot six, two hundred and seventy-five pounds with white hair. Right? That's what we like to think God loves. At least I do. I like to think that. Right? That's not, No. When it, when it says that God's likeness, yeah, I'm sure there was some kind of physical manifestation that could have been similar to God's being as as it was to man's being. But here's why man was created in God's likeness without sin. Man was made perfect. There was three people that have ever walked the face of this earth for a period of time or for a whole lifetime that had never had sin at that, t- Adam, at the time, before he sinned, was sinless. Eve walked on this earth for a little while, sinless. And, of course, our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of Adam and Eve, the Bible says, the Bible says this in Genesis chapter 127. God created mankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them male and female he created them he created them plural just like he was plural himself god the father god the son god the holy spirit he created us plural as well our body our soul and our spirit we know that our soul is going to live forever we know that our body is very very temporary we we talked about that yesterday at the funeral the gentleman that we had the funeral for was cremated uh it's going to be cremated there's a lot of things that go along with that but he's going to be cremated and they're going to get an urn with his ashes inside of that I remember growing up hearing people say, don't ever do that, don't ever do that. That's, what's the big, God can resurrect anything in, during the resurrection, right? So, but we, but, we, but we hear about some of these things that, the people, that, that happen when, when, when people pass away. Well, the fact of the matter is, when Mark left his body the other day, the Bible says to be absent from your body is to be present with the Lord. Because he had a relationship with Jesus Christ. But sin is such a huge deal because God created us with the ability not to sin. God created us perfect. God created mankind holy. But here's the thing about man's sin, number two. God's holiness is what separates us from him. Listen to this verse out of Habakkuk chapter 1. Your eyes, speaking of God, are too pure to look on evil. You cannot tolerate wrongdoing. Why then do you tolerate the treacherous? Why are you silent while the wicked swallow up things that are more righteous than themselves? The Bible says that God can't even look upon evil. When Jesus Christ was on the cross, bearing the sin of all of humanity, Jesus cried out to God, Eli, Eli, Lemma baks, me and And what he was saying was this, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And you know why he said that? Because at that moment, in the history of humanity, every sin that you committed, every sin that I committed, every sin that's ever been and will be committed in the history of mankind, Jesus bore on his body. And when that happened, the Heavenly Father had to turn his back on him. Because of our shame. Because of our guilt. Why? Because God is holy. If you've seen the movie The Passion, it's quite... uh, it's, it's a difficult movie to watch. And it's, it's of course, it's the writer's adaptation of what they believe the crucifixion of Jesus was like. Um, I think by historical accounts, there's a lot of accuracy to it. But we really can't, we look at the physical part of that, and that's what wipes us out. We just can't even imagine that somebody would go through that kind of torture, our Lord Jesus, so that we can be forgiven. I don't know if we fully can comprehend what it was for Jesus to have his father turn his back on him because of us because of us and that helps us to understand the depth of the love that our Lord Jesus Christ has for us which is a beautiful beautiful thing we love talking about the love of God and the love of Jesus Christ our Lord but can I tell you sometimes what we forget to talk about church is the holiness of God God loves you God loves everybody he really does he provided a way for our sins to be forgiven because of this We can't have a relationship with him unless our sins are forgiven. Why? Because he's holy. Because he's holy. He's a sinless, unable to sin, and cannot even look on sin because of how holy he is. Here's number three. God's love is what restored us to him. Romans 5, verse number 8, it says, God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that even though we were sinners... We read that verse, right? Even though we were sinners, Christ died for us, right? We're like, okay, we had sinned, Jesus died for us. But I want you to think, God demonstrated his love for you and I when we were separated from him as far as we could be because of our sin. Now, I don't know if you have somebody currently in your life or if you have had somebody in your life where maybe you've even had to go under, undergo some counseling because of it, because somebody just really jacked with your life pretty seriously, and one of the p- parts of that healing that takes place in your life will come through you being able to forgive that person. I'll never forget, my wife and I, and you all that were uh, alive will remember uh, where you were when we heard about the towers and the attack on the United States on September 11, 2001. Kim and I were in the Philippines, and we, I got my mom called me at 9 o'clock at night and said, World War III just started, turn on your TV, and... And we were, locked, we were locked into our house really for the next two weeks because of the United States Embassy said, don't leave your house. There's a lot of stuff. And it, was, it wasn't just in the United States. There was a lot of stuff going on all over the world. But I, so we were glued to the TV like most of us were, right? And I remember it was just a couple days afterwards that some of the families of people that either died in the planes or died in the buildings. And one lady was on the Today Show. I wish I could, I wish I could find that article or, or, or interview. And she said, you know what? I don't, because I I think one of the interviewers said something like this. We uh, we can understand, all of us hate what happened. All of us hate the people that did this. And this mom was like, I don't hate them. She said, I'm not going to carry that. If I carry that hate with me the rest of my life, then the attackers win. I forgive them, and I pray that through this, that some of their family members will come to know Christ as Savior, like on national TV. Some of you may, might remember seeing that. And it was like one of those moments we're like, whoa, and of course they broke for commercial and, you know, did all those kind of things. But when you think about, so healing comes from forgiveness. God restored us to him because of what Jesus Christ did for us. At the lowest point of our lives, he died so that our sins could be forgiven. And here's why, number four. Here's why sin is such a big deal, and and why it's such a big deal what Jesus did for us. God desires a relationship with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Uh, When I was a kid in high school, my first week of school, I changed schools in the middle of my junior year, and we went from... uh, the one taliban school that i went to to a uh to a different school went to temple christian school it was called and i remember meeting some new friends it was just, it was 11th grade kind of a tough time to change schools when you're 11th grade and i was sitting next to this girl who was a knockout she was gorgeous and i'm sitting there in this economics class taught by mr steve reamer that's how good i remember this stuff and this girl sitting next to me writes me a note and she says hey do any of the new guys, it was me and my brother and one of our friends, and it was four of us that all came to school at the same time. Sounds like we got arrested and moved to a school, that's not really what happened, but we all got moved to a school, and she writes me this letter, and she says, hey, do any of your guys like any of the girls that go to our school? I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're, you know, we're checking things out, da-da-da-da-da, and I, you know, circle here, yes or no, so I'm like, okay, yes. And she writes me a second note, do you think any of them would want to go out with me? And I'm like, ooh. She's talking about Big Papa Pump. I was so excited about that, right? And I circled yes with a smiley face. That's a big thing to communicate, right? So she takes a letter, sends it back to me and says, can you please tell your brother I would like to go out on him with a date? And the girl sitting next to me is the girl that I married. That was my wife who dated my brother before she went out with me. That's why I'm in counseling today, okay? Okay. But she only went out with him one time, just one time. She went out with me and she never went back. That's all I'm talking about, right? But you have different people that you have. You know how you meet people and you're like, man, I just get them, right? I, oh, I can see, I can connect to them. I feel camaraderie with them. Man, I feel something, a kinship towards them. I, when, I, when I'm, I was in the airport the other day or a couple weeks ago and Kim and I were going somewhere and this dude comes walking down DFW airport with American Airlines gear on. So he worked for American Airlines. Philadelphia Eagles hat, Philadelphia Eagles t-shirt, and, and he had something on his, on his wrist that said something about Philly. And I looked at him and I went, go birds! And he was like, and we started talking like we were best friends our whole lives because we both like this stupid football team from the East Coast, right? And I do that because I hardly ever see people around Dallas wearing Philadelphia Eagles stuff that aren't related to me. Let's just say it that way, right? So when I go back home to Philadelphia and I go to visit my family, i got to remember I'm in Philadelphia because I'll be walking and people will be wearing, oh, go birds, go birds, go Phillies, go Phillies. You're like, who is this stinking guy, you idiot? I actually had somebody say that to me. I'm like, man, I just feel like I'm home right now, right? But we desire relationships with people with whom we have things in common with. Would you agree with that? Now, check this out. God desires a relationship Not only for all eternity, and you know this verse out of John chapter 3, that God loved the world so much that He gave His only Son, that whoever, whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have what? Eternal or everlasting life. God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for you, so that you would ask for forgiveness, so that you and I would invite Jesus Christ to come into our hearts. Why? Because He wants to live with us forever and ever and ever and ever. We read a passage yesterday during the service, John chapter 14. Jesus told his disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And when Thomas scratched his head. He's like, Lord, we don't know the way. What do we want to find that way? How do we, we don't understand what you're talking about. And Jesus said, Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And nobody comes unto the Father except through me. God gave his son and let him die so that you... Pastor, you don't know me. I don't know you, but I know God does. You don't know all that I've done. Of course I don't. It's not my business. But God, even though He knows every little tiny thing about you in this closet <coughs> that you want to hide all your your facts from, God loves you anyway. And God has a desire in his heart. I just want to forgive him. I want to forgive him. I want them to have something better than they have. You see, God not only desires a relationship with you for all of eternity. And I love this, church. Don't forget this. This is extremely important. God desires a relationship with you today. Forever is a pretty good life insurance plan. God, We're going to be in heaven forever. But here's the problem with that sometimes for Christians. We got our eternity locked up, so we think it's okay to live like junkyard dogs until then. Oh, I'll get forgiven, I'll get forgiven, I'll get forgiven. But here's what God wants us to do. He wants you to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Philippians 4, 4 through 7 says this, rejoice in the Lord always. That means God wants to be a part of every, be a part of your daily life every single day. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'm going to say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about everything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, presenting your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. He wants to be in your life today. He wants you to pray about stuff that's going on. He wants you to lean on him when things don't make sense. He wants you to acknowledge him. The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament displays his handiwork. God, you are so much bigger and so much more than I could even understand. Why would you love somebody like me? When you have that understanding of God and you, listen, when Paul said in 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing, here's what he's saying. Be constantly aware of the presence of God in your life. Maybe instead of yelling at people at the stoplight, we could say to God, thank you that I didn't just get hurt right now. Or help my testimony... Be that even when I'm driving, people don't see me as a hothead. Listen, pastors preach their personal prisons. So there you go for a reveal for you right there. I got Philly driving in me sometimes, and I got a shake out of me sometimes. My wife will tell me, because I, I'm just convinced that she's an official licensed agent of the Holy Spirit. She'll tell me once, hey, don't forget, we got warehouse church sticker on your truck. Okay you're right but god wants a relationship with you today here's why because in life we're going to have to deal with sickness god wants you to pray for healing in life we're going to deal with disappointments from others god wants us to lean on him lean not on your own understanding but in all your ways acknowledge him let him direct your paths sometimes we're going to be treated unfairly where we scratch our head it doesn't even why would that happen i I'm a believer and that's happening. Why would somebody want to be saved when other people see a saved person going through all that I've gone through? You're not going through it alone. I, I, I see banners that in that, 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 our church has held stuff up like this too. We have these cards that welcome people. Once in a while we use them. And it'll say things like, uh, today's the first day of the rest of your life and uh, everything's going to be better after this. Do we know that? I mean, right? Mark and Janet. Uh, Janet's been praying for healing for her husband for a year. Believed that God was going to heal him. Believed with all his heart. I told this, this service yesterday. Mark was. If you got a chance to meet him, even while he was very ill, he could barely walk in the building. But he still kind of had a sense of humor about him. He would sit over here near John, and Bill and his sweet wife, and um, they would sit in this section over here, and. About halfway through this message, he'd be kind of leaning on his wife, and he was out. He was just out. He was he wasn't sleeping. And I walked up to him one day. This was about three weeks ago. I said, Hey Mark, you didn't fall asleep in church today. He says, Yeah, you weren't that boring today. <laughs> <sighs> you know. But he just he just kept his sense of humor all the way to the end, right? And now we pray. Now listen, we prayed that Mark would be healed. He's been healed. He's in the presence of Jesus. He don't have cancer anymore. He doesn't look like he's 97 pounds like he was when he died. His body's whole. He's with Jesus. But now, now well, we prayed that he would get healed. God answered that prayer. It might not be what we want it to be, right? But we know God's ways are way, way better than our ways. But now what do we do now? Oh, we're done, Well, why don't we pray for Janet? I know the Bible talks very specifically about the ministry that we're supposed to have with those who have lost their loved ones whether it's a widow or widower or families and stuff like that and that's what i was so proud about our church for yesterday she wrote me the nicest note this morning warehouse church was a great testimony to a lot of people in my family that don't know jesus that's what we're supposed to be right and even though things may happen to you that seem difficult man i fell and I, i broke my leg or you know i got this going on or my kids that, that came were here a couple of weeks ago that their apartment got f- totally flooded out. Does that mean that God's not good? Does that no, God is giving us opportunities to lean on him even a little bit more? And he wants us to depend on him. God re- desires a relationship with you, not only forever, but for every single day. Here's the thing, church, this is my last thing. God desires, and with all this in mind, he wants us to have a relationship forever, today. He gave us a way to have forgiveness of sins because he's holy. We're not holy, but here's what God desires for you and I in our lives. God's desire for us is to pursue personal holiness. Why would we do that? Like, it's impossible, right? Like, why would we take on this goal in our life? And I'm, you know what? Today, you know, September, what's today's date? 18th or 19th? 18th. Today, September 18th, from this day on, I'm going to be holy. Well, I could tell you right now. By about September 18th, by 5 o'clock, I'm probably going to break that holiness thing, right? But here's what the Bible says in Leviticus chapter 20. Consecrate yourselves or prepare yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord your God. You know what it means? Holiness doesn't happen on accident. Poor planning, and I'm really cleaning this up. Poor planning produces poor product. You know what that means? You could say it. You know what? That was a great man. God got a hold of my heart today. I am gonna be holy. And then you can go out and get sloshed this afternoon. Right? You could say I'm gonna be holy and go home and watch something you shouldn't watch on TV or your computer. You could say, I'm gonna be holy, and you'd cuss out somebody you love and care about very much, right? You're like, oh, I'm not holy anymore. Now here's what it means in order for you to be holy, you have to take steps in your life pursuing holiness, which starts with you and I being in the Word of God. On a daily basis, I was talking to a friend this week and his buddy who does a discipleship ministry at a a great church in our town. One of the things that he said, he asks, one of the questions he asks guys that he's discipling, and if you think about this question, this is a tough question to answer. Hey, tell me what God's doing in your life today. Well, I'm breathing, right? We get, you know. Well, what's God doing? Did did you open up your Bible and read the Word of God or open up your your app and read the Word of God today at all? Well, I'm going to church. I'm glad you're in church. And I hope you're challenged by what I'm telling you this morning, but I want you to understand, there's nothing that I could give you is enough for you to have a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ in and of itself. You say, Pastor, you're bagging on your preaching. No, I'm not. I can tell you this. This brother's not going to eat one time this week. Because that's not enough to keep me going for a full week. Is that enough for you all week? No, we got it daily. Daily. That means daily getting in the Word of God. That means daily spending some time in prayer. That means daily having challenging conversations with other brothers and sisters that are going to challenge you to be the man or woman that you should be. That means being part of a life group community where you can pray for one another and encourage one another and, and challenge one another. And keep each other accountable. That means having somebody in your life that's praying for you and praying over you. That means putting a mentor in your life that's kind of guiding you. Saying, hey man, you got to get back over here. You're kind of veering off a little bit, dude. we got to get you back on track, right? God desires you and I to pursue holiness. The pursuit of holiness is not an accidental consequence. It's you waking up tomorrow and saying, this is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to be glad and rejoice in it. God today belongs to you. And everything you do during that day. Now whether you mess up or not. And when you mess up like I do. When you mess up. You pray and ask God to forgive you. And help you to continue to try to be holy. Because the Bible says in 1 Peter 1.16. It is written which means it's truth. You be holy because I am holy. God knows. And here's the great thing about this verse. God knows that 100% holiness is really impossible for human beings, but he challenges us to be that way anyway, and here's the great thing. No matter how good you get at it or bad you think you are at it, God, if you're one of his kids, is never going to stop pursuing you. He loves us. Parents, you understand this. When your kids get mad at you and they'll say something to you and they'll say something ugly to you and there's... Man, I can't believe that came out of their mouth. And, you know, we could, that's a whole other thing. But some of those things happen one time. We get disappointed in our kids. When your kids mess up, you go, well, I'm done. And you walk. No, we don't do that. What do we do? We keep pursuing them. Why? Because we see something better inside of them than they see. We see their potential. And there's an inexplainable love that we have towards our kids. Now, if we can understand that a little bit. We can't even still begin to comprehend the kind of love that God has for us. God's never going to stop pursuing you because he wants to bless you and use you to do great things for him. So just make something right. If there's something in your life, it's a little tiny. if it's a little tiny sin, back in the little corner of that little sin closet that you have, just make it right today. If it's a big deal, make it right today. If it's a big deal and you need some help, Make it right and ask for help. If it's a big deal and you're not putting enough of this inside of your life, but you got too much other junk coming inside of your life, maybe you need to put some of that stuff aside and get a little bit more into this. Well, I can't read my... I'm not a pastor. Why would I read my Bible? Listen, you need to read your Bible every day. Not because this guy says so, but because the guy that wrote this book says so. Why does he do that? Why does he put all... You know, that's the thing about Christianity. I had a friend of mine years ago. His name was Paul. And I was... Talking to Paul about Jesus, and Paul was a guy that I used to go out and party with, and drink, and do all kind of dumb stuff with. And I invited Paul to come to church. He said, "What are you doing in church?" I said, "God changed my life." And his first reaction was like, you know, like, "Yeah, right." Like, he came to church. We went to McDonald's after church and had some healthy chicken nuggets. Uh, I used to order a quarter pounder with cheese, twenty chicken nuggets, a large fry, but a diet Coke. So it was, you know thus this is where we are today this is where we are today it was 30 some years ago and i'm telling paul about jesus and by the way i don't eat mcdonald's anymore so i was telling paul about jesus paul said this man there's so many rules so if i get saved i gotta stop drinking If I get saved, i got to do this. If I get saved, i got to probably give money to the church. Everybody's worried about money. You know what? You know what what God's economics are? And this is really something. If you embrace this, God's going to change your life. God wants you to give back a tiny bit of what's his that he allows you to have to him. And here's what happens. He takes that little tiny bit that you gave to him, to his ministry, and does this. More than you could ever dream of or expect because of your faithfulness. It's trusting God. But Paul was like, I can't do this, and I can't do this, and I can't do this. A lot of people think that Christianity comes with this big, 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 you know, remember the big old Bibles that people used to keep on their coffee table? Thump, right? i got to keep all these rules. No, 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 no. God just wants you to pursue him daily. And and you know what? What's that old song, The Longer I Serve Him, The Sweeter He Grows? The, The longer you have a relationship with God, and the more that you see him work in your life, you're like, I'm starting to get this. This makes sense. And then we really get a great comprehension of it when we're 80, and then we die. You know, so <laughs> I'm saying that tongue in cheek, but here's what I'm saying to you. If you say one year, or you even say 50 years, you're still learning. And we, can't, and we can't even begin. I love what it says in the New Testament. I'm gonna pray. We can't begin to comprehend all the things that God has for us that's in eternity and wants to do in our lives today. Sin's a big deal. He let his son die for your sin and for my sin. Confess it this morning. Ask him to help you live to be a holy to to be a holy man or woman of God. And then just take some steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. What's the step you need to take? Read a chapter in the book of John today. That's a step. Take a couple minutes and pray for other people. That's a step. Turn some things off you shouldn't be watching. That's a step. Surround yourself with other people with shared values. That's a step. Just take some steps and allow God to make you to be the man or woman you should be today. Hey, let's pray. We love you, Lord Jesus. And thank you. Lord, you are so patient with me personally and I know I could say that corporately for everybody in this room. Thank you for being patient with us. Lord, I know my sin closet has got many shelves and many categories. But I know because of what your word says and because of what I and many people that I know and love have personally experienced. When we ask for forgiveness, we're forgiven. When we ask for forgiveness, we're cleansed. And that's something you want to do in some people's lives that are sitting in this room this morning, maybe even watching online. So can I encourage you right where you're sitting this morning, if there's something that God reminded you of, something maybe even this morning driving on your way to church in the car with your husband or wife, Maybe you got a little bit more ticked off at your kids than you should have. Maybe you got somebody mad at somebody when you were driving. Maybe you woke up with a bad spirit in your heart. and You just need to get it out. Just ask God to forgive. You know, you know what forgiveness is? Forgiveness is such a beautiful thing because it's very freeing. Not only when we get the forgiveness of God, but then when we grow in our faith and we learn how to give forgiveness, it's very, very freeing in your own life. So ask for forgiveness with whatever's in your heart. And if, if, if you're not sure, I love David said this in Psalm 51. Cleanse me from my secret faults. That's like the things that we did that we even forget about. Ask God, God, can you remind me of things that I need to make right with you? But if I can't remember them or don't remember them, please forgive me of whatever's in my life today and help me to be holy, set apart, so that I can be used by you. So would you just right where you're sitting say, Father in heaven, Please, please, please forgive me. Identify with the sin. He already knows what it is. He's not going to be shocked at anything you say. Listen, he knows it, and he's still pursuing you. Please forgive me for that thought. Please forgive me for getting angry when I shouldn't have. Please forgive me for an unkind word that I said. just talk to him just for a moment while we just have this quiet attitude of prayer in the room. Lord, I love that song that we sang where it said, Holy, there's no one like you. It really does seem like such an impossible task for us to have a goal in our life to be like Jesus. Now, we know that we're not going to be like him. But we're never going to stop pursuing that standard. And, and, and you deserve our attention because you gave everything so that we can have that relationship. You died. You gave your life so that we can have a relationship with your father. So that we can be forgiven. So that we can spend eternity in heaven with you. But Lord, you also want us to, to depend on you today. And I know, Lord, today, Sunday... September 18th. I need you today. I need you today to help me to be the husband I should be, the dad, the pop, the pastor, the friend, the neighbor, just like everybody in this room. Need you today to help them to be the man or woman that you you desire for us to be. Help us to see that and help us to take those steps in our life today. We love you. Thank you that at the very, very moment that our heart was seeking that forgiveness from you, we were cleansed. Thank you for that this morning, Lord. We ask you this in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement and rejoicing, say it with me. Amen. You know what?